Today is the memorial of St. Benedict. This is the St. Benedict, um, the one who is considered the founder of monasticism in the Western world. And um, he's a biggie. Uh, we owe him a lot for the spirituality uh, we have from Christianity, and we'll be uh, reflecting on his life in a number of ways. Uh, he thrived around the turn of the 6th century. Well, of our four Gospels, St. Matthew definitely has the most complex treatment of the relationship between Christians and Christian Jews and non-Christian Jews. And often people quote snippets of the Gospel of Matthew out of context and say that Matthew is extremely anti-Jewish. And uh, the classic example would be during the Passion, where he says that some Jewish people said, let his blood be upon us and our children. But that is not what Matthew is saying. We're pretty sure that Matthew was one of these 12 apostles, and he was a Jew himself, and that he was writing to a community of Jewish Christians. And here we have early on Jesus speaking solely to the Jewish people. He says, go rather to the lost sheep of the house of Israel rather than to the Samaritans or to the pagans. It's only at the end of the gospel that Matthew has Jesus open up the mission to all the nations. In the, and there's these two earthquakes that happen during the telling of the Passion, one on Good Friday and one on Easter Sunday. And there's sort of an indication that the world order has changed. And now the gospel is ready to be spread everywhere. But it speaks to a danger that we have of isolation. It happens sometimes that we get looking too much inward on ourselves. And so we, it, it, there's a temptation for us to think either this or that, either Christian or Jew. But the Catholic Church has thrived whenever we've done the harder thing of saying both and and, both this and that. Jesus is both God and man. And Hosea, in our first reading today, condemns the Israelite aristocracy for trying to isolate themselves, seeing their prosperity as being of their own hands and away from God. And he says, the more success you have, the more pagan gods you have worshipped, and now it's all falling down. And then we have Benedict. Benedict, who wrote what's called the Rule of St. Benedict, the rule for how monastic communities could find a middle way. There had been religious communities already in the Christian history, but they either suffered from being too ascetic, so separated that they lost contact with the outside world, or not holy enough that they sort of fell apart for not having enough to hold them together as a religious community. But he found this way this way of being a community set apart without being isolationist. And we have to look at what the monasteries of St. Benedict did for the Western world. 
You've probably heard the book about the book on how the Irish saved civilization. Well, that was because the monasteries in Ireland preserved much of Western culture when all of the rest of Europe fell apart. And our very university here is, comes from the monastic tradition. Universities are from the monasteries. The fact that people wear black robes when they graduate, well, that's a takeoff on the Benedictine habit. And so we might think of monks and monasteries as being isolationist, but no, we're called to engage in the world. But either or is much easier than both and. But either or is too simplistic for the complexities of our world. Think of our political situation right now, where we have political parties that only conceive doing things one way. There is no sense of compromise. Both and is more challenging, but ultimately, it is more enriching for everyone.